Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Entirely the Right Sort of Podcast. It is so good to have you here. We're we're still at the Aeolian, so hopefully you have your mug of um, Metheglin, your Scutton, your bread and beer, your um, your mead, your blackberry brand, you know, whatever you want, or your Sountain if you're not drinking and you just want to cut from the bar. We're staying here because we're talking about uh, Dioc and Stanchion, the owners, co-owners of the Aeolian. Oh man, I just spoiled one of my fun facts, I think. Um, my name's RJ, I'm your host. That stands for uh, Ragtag Jumble, by the way, which is what my uh, thoughts are as I'm, I'm uh, wrapping this one up, actually. Filming the intro after I've uh, recorded most of the podcast because I I was really kind of scraping for the seven for the seven things um, the seven things portion to come up with uh, facts that weren't absolute gimmies and that had a, a little more substance to them. So looking forward to getting into this one. Uh, we have some some good discussion about both characters, kind of what we know about them going over. Um, Going over some scenes and some questions, of course, and talking about Yill a little bit and Yillish, Yillish story knots. So hopefully you'll enjoy that. Let's get into seven things we know about Dioc and Sanchin. As I mentioned, owners of the Aeolian, that's a gimme. So let me add, um, Denna was romantically involved with Dioc at some point, but she also tells... Both Will and Sim that uh, Diog and Sanchin are a couple, I believe, in the second book. Number two, Sanchin is no- a notorious gossip when he drinks, so don't get him and Thrup together. But if you do get them together, please let me know because I want to hear. I am a notorious gossip myself. Um, I don't like to admit it. I'm working on it sometimes, but sometimes it's just so juicy. I got to know. Ah, number three, uh, D and S as I have them in my, oh my God, DNS Dom and submissive. No way. Oh my God. That's too funny. I'm just finding this out in real time. I'm going to have to put an explicit tag on this one. That's funny. Well, Dioc as the Dom, I guess the top does is more muscular. I mean, I guess, I don't know. Wow. Different roles of the Aeolian stanchion as, um, is like the mute, the more of like the music guy, the one with more musical knowledge, such a bottom. Um, the stage master seems to know, um, just some little tidbits that he knows about Quoth's culture and the Quoth's Adimaru. That's kind of a, a cool nod. I wonder if they know of him or know Arla, you know, knew Arladin back in the day. That'd be cool. Um, anyway, and Diak's the doorman and, and seems to be the businessman. And he's actually who, um, I, I, I think who Quoth has more substantial conversations with, I think certainly that big talk with Denna. Um, but, um, well, I won't, I won't spoil fact number five because we have to get to fact through fact number four, which is Dioc hates when musicians suck up to him. And apparently when a, a guy tried to tip him at the Aeolian one time and Dioc threw him, literally threw him almost to the fountain. 
you know, maybe that's what happens. Maybe Quoth doesn't kill someone by the fountain. Maybe Diok throws Quoth out of the Aeolian and it shatters the cobblestones because the Aeolian is a, a fate portal and Diok is channeling like the gay energy. Um, number five, Diok, speaking of spending more time with Quoth, I talked about this in my threat episode, my threat episode, the lost threat episode, but at the end of wise man's fear, Diok is one of the seven people Quoth has with him when he goes out for his night on the town after, um, now chancellor him jacks his tuition up and he gets the cutback from the bursar with the mayor. God, how I wish I had a cutback with the damn bursar in the university. Ugh. Um, so that's just, uh, uh, I think, um, you know, people think the people in that, that group of seven that Quoth has with him and here, let me see if I can do it off the top of my head. The seven people Quoth has with them at the end of wise man's fear who are possibly candidates for like the betrayer, right? Because Quoth says he was betrayed. Let's see. Will Sim, Fella, Davy, Mola, Threp, Diok. Yeah, that's seven. I think that's the seven. Um, ba, 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 ba. Fact number six. Uh, if you go to my Twitter, and I'll try to remember to put this on Facebook, the card art for Name of the Wind that Echo Chernick did, I'm almost positive. Uh, Pat himself was the model for Stanchion. There's this really, I mean, he's so recognizable, even with that, even with the flowing, like Pat's hair is white, gray, and I think was dark, um, is dark underneath that white, gray, but Stanchion's got this beautiful flowing red beard. And as um, on my Twitter follower, Adam pointed out, I, like I didn't mention it was that Pat was the model in the, when I tweeted out the cards and, uh, Adam, um, who's a very handsome fellow, an actor, I believe, um, one of my Twitter followers was like, that's just Pat. And I was like, yeah, absolutely. You have correct. You have correctly guessed the topic of today's lesson. Alir, Rilar. He's probably real. You're probably Rilar, Adam. Um, and number seven, Deox's grandmother knew Yellish knots. Yellish knots. That's not, that was really off key and that's not going to be the theme song for Yellish knots, but know that there might be one, one time. Anyway, Deox helps Quoth with his Yellish language practice. Can you tell that, um, that the Metheglins has been flowing and by Metheglin, I mean, um, I'm tired. Before we delve too far into theories, let's just, let's chit chat about Diakonstantian and about the Aeolian a bit. We meet them all, I guess. I feel uh, like with some other, for lack of a better term, inanimate objects, I feel like the Aeolian is a character in and of herself, himself, themselves. So we meet all of these characters, Deoxtangion and the Aeolian, in Name of the Wind, Chapter 54, A Place to Burn. Also, uh, around the time when we meet Threp 
And of course, when Quoth is reunited with Denna, I I appreciate the Aeolian because it gives it kind of gets it does get Quoth out of the university and out of his head. It lets the guys they don't usually talk too much about class when they're there. Um, save that God that memorable trip when Denna comes what's that chapter called wine and blood when Denna comes asks about the magic being written down. We'll talk a little bit about that later as it relates to Yil or maybe ill. Um, Cause we're going to talk about that later, but there's some, there's some fun scenes in the Aeolian and also some really significant ones, obviously. And we meet Diak and Sanchen along with that. I have, I like them. I have a fondness for them. Of course, Quoth does too. And it, it's it's just a nice place because it, it allows Quoth to really be himself through his music. Anchors does too, but the Aeolian really, I mean, the Aeolian is really where Quoth shines and performs and really, I think, hams it up. Um, and, and it gives him the ability to become at least somewhat financially stable with Davy's help, of course. So as they're described, Deox, big guy, six and a half feet tall, as it says in my book, deeply tanned and muscular. I, I think it says somewhere he's blonde. For some reason, I pictured him with dark hair. But the, the card art that Echo Chernick did for The Name of the Wind kickstarter deck shows him as blonde as i mentioned in the seven it it um shows stanchion as as patrick rothus with red hair deox wearing a wide-rimmed hat when quoth meets him so i imagine it i guess is one of those old kind of floppy style hats not a not a cowboy hat unfortunately Maybe it's a wide brimmed hat and um, Deox just kind of rocking, rocking the baseball hat when Quoth meets him. He's ostensibly the doorman. Uh, when he meets Quoth, he says Quoth's a little fey around the edges, which nice catch, man. Quoth says Deox means to drink and offers to buy him one, which makes Deox laugh, gets them in and uh, pisses Simon off a bit. I, I don't, I guess I understand a little bit why he's irritated. Um, because first he's afraid Quoth's going to get them kicked out. And then he's like, why are you the one dude that Diak didn't, didn't throw out for sucking up to him? Here, but here he is. Quoth, always charming, charming the quote unquote doorman who is also the owner of the bar with Stanchion. Um, I don't, I don't think we learned that they're partners until the second book. So I'm wondering if Pat kind of threw that in there to be more modern. Um, and instead, nope, not going to go off. Stanchion is the, uh, which, which by the way, Stanchion in, in English is an upright bar post or frame forming a support or barrier. So like on a door or stairs, I guess. Um, or a frame that holds the head of a cow in place, especially to facilitate milking. Um, so you can think about that, how Chan the Chandrian relate to cows and how Stanchion is holding the cows in place to milk them. 
Mm-mm-mm-mm. Just kidding. He's a stage master, Mr. Cow Milker, and Quoth charms him as well. He's said to have a medium build, a round face, and a beard with a slight, slight belly, and he wears a golden earring with clothes of green and black. When Quoth meets him, Quoth notices Stanchion's hair is a quote-unquote deep, bashful red, which uh, is another clue for us that he is Yillish, based on what Viari, Lawrence Giller, says about Quoth. Stanchion calls Quoth correctly as being a proud one. And there's there's a, a couple good lines in here. Right after Stanchion says, Quoth's a proud one, Quoth says, isn't this the Aeolian? I've heard that this is where pride pays silver and plays gold. And right after that's when Stanjan says, I could use someone else around here with Ilian's fire. Which is interesting. Stanjan seems to know Quoth as a Dimaru, I think, pretty much on sight, unless the expression yours and your families is common where he's from. He also mentions that back where he's from, a man would come back from the dead to get a taste of Metheglin. I... I would think we can infer they're both Yillish. Diak and Stanchan are both Yillish or at least connected to Yill. Um, let's get into the Aeolian itself. So first we got to talk about the courtyard and Emre itself. This, this courtyard where Quoth said to kill someone. The Aeolian lay at the heart of Imre, its front doors facing out onto the city's central cobblestone courtyard. There were benches, a few flowering trees, and a marble fountain misting water over a statue of a satyr chasing a group of half-clothed nymphs whose attempt at flight seemed token at best. Well-dressed people milled around, nearly a third carrying some sort of musical instrument or another. I counted at least seven lutes. In all the rereads I've done of Name of the Wind, which it's above 10 now, probably probably approaching 15, this I counted at least seven lutes. It must have stood out to me once before, but this is the... I, I just kind of marked that as i mean seven and lutes that's definitely a sign so that's that's the outside and then inside in the beginning we really only get a, a kind of a basic description at first quoth says in his memory a, a raised circular stage thrust out from the wall opposite the curving mahogany bar several spiraling stairways led to a second level that was more like a balcony a smaller third level was visible above that, more like a high mezzanine circling the room. Stools and chairs ringed tables throughout the room. Benches were recessed into niches in the walls. Sympathy lamps were mixed with candles, giving the room a natural light without fouling the air with smoke. And we're told it's a uh, the jar or the uh, bar is is fifty feet. Um, I don't know. Uh, sorry, I don't know off the top of my head of how many meters that is. What is that, like 15, 16 meters? It's quite a quite a, a, a big old bar. Rules are, if you don't have your talent pipes, 
whether you're performing or or just just coming in to attend, you pay a jot, which smarter minds than me have probably figured this out. So that I don't know, let's say a couple bucks for the for the cover for the cover fee to to um I guess keep the place running and make sure that nothing the riffraff are off the street aren't gonna come. So yeah, let's say maybe it's a five dollar cover. And then if you want to play on the stage and and try to win your pipes, you have to pay a full talent, which I see, I don't know how much a talent is, but I'm thinking that's like fifth, the, the equivalent of, 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 uh, 50 to hundred dollars. And I, and I, I'm sorry, I know I have, uh, uh, folks in a, in, in non dollarized economies, um, I realized dollarized economies were a thing a few years ago because I guess they have to be because, you know, long live the American empire. She says sarcastically anyway. So I say, I don't know, 50 to a hundred dollars. Um, whatever that is in your money is, um, a lot. That's like a lot, a lot of money when you're, when you're five, it's still a lot of money when you're, when you're both age and especially as poor as he is now, man, I blow through $50 at the pet store accidentally. Um, I don't get out of the grocery store for less than a hundred unless I specifically go in there to buy like one thing, a salad. And then I pick up 19 other things and I'm, you know, still running 50 bucks. Anyway, my point is that to, to try, you have to, you have to pay quite a decent amount of money. I mean, quotes, loan with Davey. Oh my God. Is either, is it four talents or is it six? It might be six. Um, and that's to cover, you know, his tuition, his da, 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 da. Um, I should have looked up more numbers, but, um, you guys get what I'm trying to say. So this kid, I mean, this both, I say this kid both is, is spending a lot of money that he doesn't necessarily have right now. Um, on a big gamble that he's going to win his pipes, because if not, um, even before he sees Ambrose, um, it's not a guarantee he's he's going to come back here again and try again and have have the the talent to pay it. And I say um, I mentioned Ambrose because Kvoth <laughs> is so, his temper man is so quick because that little moment when stanchion comes up to the stage and is like kind of faking him out with the handshake um this is after Kvothe and and his aloine have performed beautifully even despite the missing string um and Kvothe has obviously seen ambrose and stanchion's coming up and you know Kvothe thinks he he didn't make it and he's like i'm just gonna grin and bear it no one in this, you know, in indulgent pack of ritzy, bougie, nose turned up sons of bitches are gonna see a shred of emotion out of me. If the people, you know, Ambrose type of people, da 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 da, if they're not gonna let me in here, fuck them. I'm gonna burn this whole place to the ground. Oh, I got in. Oh. Oh yeah. Awesome. Yeah. You guys can buy me a beer. Yeah, totally. Hey, these are my friends. Can you get, um, can you get this guy scutting 
and uh, actually make that hold this gun and make that a random metheglin for each. Like he's so this kid is always ready to throw down, which given his his trauma and his need for survival, I understand. But he is just like he gets a stick up his ass at like the the smallest thing, which I mean, relatable, right? Quoth getting his pipes for the first time and Quoth, uh, as Sim would say, playing his joke on the loot in the beginning, kind of in the beginning of Wise Man's Fear are two, two scenes that stick out to me that I love in the Aeolian. Um, I want, we got to point out here that the Aeolian is where Denna meets Master Ash the day of the fire in the fishery, which come on, ain't that suspicious? Um, Will likes it because they do serve Scutton. Um, I like Quoth's little, as Manette calls it, a, a horse trick where Quoth's splitting the quote unquote fountain at the bar and gets water and splits it. Um, Splits it with the bar. It's um, it, it's like Quoth's getting a third for a while because he gets a third to the barman and a third to the house, a third to him or whatever. And it's like you're getting fucked. You need to you need to get a, a half. And and how did the barman agree to that? Isn't he getting less money unless he's just taking a cut from the house for Quoth's fountain bill? But then isn't both screwing Diak and Stanch and his friends out of money, or is he just screwing the barman out of money? I don't get it. Maybe it's just medieval math. Um, I believe, well, I'm pretty sure the word Aeolian um, spelled differently in, um, in either English or American English, spelled A-E-O-L-I-A-N, uh, has something to do with the wind. Uh, the wiki's telling me it means produced or carried by the wind. The King Killer wiki also said there's a musical mode called Aeolian, also spelled A-E-O-L-I-A-N, uh, which is more commonly known as the natural minor scale. It's, it's, it's clearly, a, it's a very significant place. We'll say, well, Dim, Imre definitely is too in the courtyard with the statues of satyrs and nymphs. Um, I'm looking at my um, front cover of the 10th anniversary edition with the broken lute uh, on the front cover and kind of that howling statue, that scary statue, um, and the whipping post. Oh, I think that's supposed to be the whipping post. So kind of um, maybe a combination of those two places, but that makes me think of the courtyard. It makes me think of the scene where, where Quoth breaks Ambrose's arm after Ambrose breaks his lute. And it makes me wonder, of course, uh, uh, about the guy Quoth apparently killed an Imre right by the fountain shadow of the cobblestones. They say no one commend them. That's one. Of, I guess that's one of the things I, uh, uh, um, keep returning to, right. Is, um, is that damn thing. The damn person both goes in the courtyard. Let's get into some questions, discussions, and theories. So, so let's talk about Yil a bit. I think it is Yil, not Ill. 
Um, because, you know, there's not, it, it's an interesting place to me. Oh my God, I'm stalling because I accidentally made my notes too big. There we go. It's an interesting place. The Yellish story knots are, are quite fascinating. There's something that we're told about later. Um, even though I do believe we hear about Yale throughout the book. And Diak and Sanchon are certainly connected to them. Nick, uh, in the audiobook, Nick Padel uses uh, what I kind of call a French accent for both of them. Uh, kind of different from anyone else's accent in the Chronicle. And I know that Pat and Nick Podell worked closely on what these accents and pronunciations should sound like. So the fact that uh, uh, Diak and Sanchon kind of have this unique accent, um, even though they are in in the um, Commonwealth, which kind of has just the um, generic American accent, or, or I think Nick Podell's from <clears throat> upstate New York. So uh, he kind of has... He has a very particular accent on some words, particularly the word fire. Um, you notice it in the, the, the chapters where I'm way off topic here. Uh, uh, the chapters where they're trying to find Denna's ring and they're, they're doing the plot at the, um, the golden pony. If you, if, if you kind of listen for it, when he's talking about the word fire, he kind of pronounces it foyer. Um, um, that wasn't really a good, that wasn't really good. Let me do it again. Foyer, foyer. There's like a, there's like an OI in there. And I noticed it because my friend Olivia, um, is from like the Syracuse area and she does the same thing. I digress. Um, I'm sorry. I feel like my Americanness really comes out when I'm like using these terms, like everyone knows it, like everyone knows what an upstate New York accent sounds like. No, I mean, people don't know that. Um, so I hope you'll, I hope you'll, uh, I hope you'll forgive me for my kind of U.S. centric, uh, references that I use on you guys. Cause I know I do have an international audience. Um, anyway, I digress. I'm way off on Diak and Stanchion. So Diak, um, when we're talking about Gil, Diak says his grandma knew Yilish story knots. Um, but it doesn't seem like people really, really learn them anymore. Young people really learn them. And he works on the language a bit with Quoth at the end of Wise Man's Sphere, so we know Diak speaks Yelish a bit. Um, and either Diak or Stanchion says something in Yelish to someone in the Aeolian. I forget who they're, I forget who uh, who that was. We we know a little here and there. We get a little here and there about Yale. The story knots, like I said, really ramp up um, as a mystery near the end of wise man's fear. And then on a reread, you pick it up earlier with Denna and her hair knots. Um, I'm, there's gotta be a connection to the Fae. Um, and Yale, it, they're just, uh, I feel like there just kind of has to be. Um, and I also think that there might be a connection to the Edema Rue, um, or at least to Ilian, which, um, is kind of interesting because I think a lot of people see the Adem and the Edemaru as connected, unless, you know, they, they were all the same people before the creation war, I suppose. Um, so I think that there's some, 
there's some thread between the three of those, but we'll, we'll at least get to Yil and, and the Edimaru a little bit later. Um, Denna goes there in Wise Man's Fear. We get her letter. It's warmer. It's, it's, uh, warmer there. And she thinks she can go a winter without getting, getting sick from her lungs, which is, which is really kind of, a uh, puts it into stark relief how much she suffers like from these breathing problems. Um, the rolling hills, um, we hear Yil had nearly been ground to dust under the boots of the Aetorian empire. Um, and it's populated mostly by sheep now, which is a good thing. Um, cause there are, even if, you know, I guess historically they would, they would clearly be using this wool thread to make these story knots, right? Um, which they apparently have used those knots for thousands of years based on what Aloden says, Right. He, he says they were using them a long time before we were scratching pictograms on the skins of sheep. We learned that they have an old calendar based on lunar cycles. Their language is described as lilting. It has a complex grammar structure as well as Quoth learns from the chancellor. Yil, we don't really meet any Yilish people. The island itself is on the Sentha Sea, and uh, like we said, has has a warmer climate per Denna's notes. I assume there are a lot of sailors as well as shepherds. And I think part of the island Yil is on belongs to the Commonwealth. Um, that and a few other things about Yil really do give me Ireland vibes. Um, the fact that, that a nearby empire you know, came in and kind of ground them all into dust and wiped out the local culture. And then I guess maybe they took some of it back or they were giving it some of it back. Um, that kind of reminds me of, of what I know about Irish history. Like I said, the Yillish language is described as lilting in several occasions. These are some interesting, um, interesting notes here. One, we hear a Yillish couple about a Yillish couple chatting away in their own lilting language when uh, Melu and Lackless and Kvoth are sitting at Alvaron's dinner party, we hear Savoy's accent, Savoy's Modegan. Um, we hear his accent described as lilting. We hear a song Bass sings described as lilting. And very interestingly, his mother, when she's harmonizing with Arladin, apparently sings in a soft and lilting voice. So... Um, wow, here I had in my notes um, Denna and Yilish knots, and I didn't really finish that, so I'm gonna I'm gonna vamp a bit. Um, I think her magic of writing things down is is well, I don't even think I know because they they as much as say it, she as much as says it that that she's weaving Yellowish story knots into her hair that people aren't really supposed to read. And we can infer from that, that she is trying to do sort of, I mean, I guess it's the magic of writing things down, but, but it's not a written language. This scene in wise man's fear, when she comes to talk to the boys, when they're sitting in the AWN, I think it's pretty early. Maybe they're in anchors, but I think they're in the Aeolian. When she asks uh, them about about the the writing things down, that's when I start paying attention to her really fiddling with her hair. I don't really think she starts playing with her hair until after she gets back from Yale. 
so that's just that's just always a, a good thing to note is is Dana braiding her hair. There is a long Reddit post called Yellish Music Knots that connects Ilian, the famous Edemaru composer and and artist, with the country of Yil. It's by user Q O O U. I always say it quo or quo when I see it. And if you've seen this person's posts on Reddit, you probably know because they're so long and there's so much detail and this person picks apart so much little stuff and it honestly confuses me. But this post weaves together a lot of things, including Quoth's loot strings and Dennis story knots, how they connect to Ilian and, and, and Yilish music knots. I think it's a really interesting bunch of connections. Um, one of the points they make is how Quoth describes creating a waking dream out of strands of song and, and makes this weaving, we have makes mention of, you know, weaving his song together and putting the audience under his spell and that song unraveling after Ambrose breaks that lute string. In the comments of that post, is a link to a theological dictionary of the Old Testament, which tells us the root word yil, Y-L-L, both a verb and a noun present in Aramaic, Syriac, and Mandaic, or Mandaic, and apparently denotes yil is a wail or a Lament described thus, quote, an inarticulate shattering scream such as is found in primitive funerary laments and in the face of sudden catastrophe. That's pretty juicy, huh? So that's my little 10 minute or so report on Yill. Um, let's, let's talk about some more theories and questions. I don't, I don't really have a lot with these two, but, but we'll, we'll tease some discussion points up. There are, I want to revisit the theory that, um, Arladen isn't Quoth's real dad. I think I've seen folks say that Dioc or Stanchion might be particularly, I think Stanchion because he's got the red hair. Uh, Stanchion even calls him son when they first meet. I think one of them hesitates, like almost... Um, in the English version is like, looks like he's going to start to say son and then says, look both. Um, there's certainly, I mean, there's certainly Yillish. They're meant to put us in mind of Yill. And the fact that Quoth has red hair might mean either of his parents have a Yillish bloodline, which would certainly be so if Yill and Ilian are connected, right? Because all Ilian was a Dimaru. And of course, I'm not her, sure how hair genetics work in Temerant, but I know that it um, the red hair gene is recessive. So Lorian and Arladen, um, based on real our real world genetics, could both have dark hair and have a red headed kid um, if if they were carriers for that gene. I'm curious um, how old they are and how long that they've they've owned the inn. Um, and how long the Aeolian's been around, if Diak and Stanchion started it, or, or if it's been here forever. Uh, and if they did, if they did purchase it from someone or build it themselves, uh, how'd they get that money? Cause that's a lot of capital. 
it's clearly well known. So it's, uh, we could say it's been there for some years. I, I think at least 10, um, because Threp tells Quoth he's the best musician he's heard in 10 years. Now he doesn't say you're the best musician I've heard at the Aeolian in 10 years, but, um, I think it's been around at least that long. It's possible it's been in the family. You know, if Yil is somehow connected to the Fae, and these guys are Yilish or connected to Yil, it's possible that they are older than they look. Um, maybe, maybe they discover the Temerant equivalent of Botox. I mean, you never know. They could be cooking something up an alchemy complex that's just like having a face injection. I guess that if if we can say okay, it's been uh, it's been op- they've had it open at least ten years. Uh, maybe they did open it in their late teens, early twenties. Quoth thinks Deox probably about thirty because he's still got all his teeth, which yikes. Because I'm thirty two and. If past 30 in Temerance, when you begin losing your teeth, I'm, I, uh, I'm glad I don't live there. Well, for a variety of reasons, especially as a woman, there's not a lot of, uh, uh, job opportunities there unless you go to the university. But anyway, yeah, I'll stay within that range. Just an interesting, uh, just a puzzle because the Aeolian is, is a wonderful place. I think there might be some magic there and I'm curious how, how they, uh, are connected to that. I, I, I do, I do think it's, it's, it's just nice for Quoth that they, they are there. And especially that it must've been really nice that Stanchion, um, well, maybe, you know, I guess it's, it's the lay of Sir Savian must be more common around musical folk and more musical folk know of Ilian, but it must have uh, really been a comfort to Quoth to be able to say, I want to play Savian tonight and have Stanchion make such an overt reference to Ilian and then to make, and then to say yours and your families when, when Quoth gives him a toast. So it's, just, you know, wonderful, warm feelings, even when, even when Quoth stops by the Aeolian and to looking for Denna and Denna's not there. He usually, he can find someone to commiserate with. And speaking of that, let's talk about, uh, Name of the Wind chapter 69, da 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 nice, with, uh, uh, the Dioc and Denna chapter discussion. It's, it's gross, but I think it does give, give Kay some insight into Denna and why, who she is, why she lives the way she does. Um, and and what other people think about her chapter 69, wind or women's fancy, what they think of her. Dioc, clearly having known known her for a while knows immediately um well actually well gives us that that hint immediately when he says uh i've been keeping an eye out for your girl quoth she's not my girl Dioc, fine the girl denna diane diane whatever she's calling herself these days that shows that he knows her and he, and he pays attention. And he tells us this when, when he says, I've been looking, you know, I've been looking for Quoth says, thanks. Diak's like, I didn't really, you know, just do it for you. I like her. 
Quoth says, uh, oh, you like her. Um, and then, Diak, we get into, I'm not any sort of competition. Not this time around at any rate. I might be not be one of you university folk, but I can see the moon on a clear night. I'm smart enough not to stick my hand in the same fire twice. Which clearly, um, you know, clearly that relationship didn't go well, but at least on Deok's end, um, I, even if it ended poorly, they're still friends, which I think is rare for Denna. We don't really see her interacting with Deok much, but, um, you know, if he's not pursuing her anymore, yes, they did have that part of that relationship, but if she was able to move on from that, like hopefully he has... Maybe that's another just nice male friend for her to have when she's an Imre, which it, it seems like Denna, I mean, Denna needs, Denna needs friends. Um, especially since as, as, uh, Deok says, women don't really like her and, and all the guys are chasing her around. Then we get into the stanchion still gives me a hard time about chasing after a girl half my age, which I really hope is not literal. Uh, we've mentioned this before. Hopefully it's meant in that I'm 32. And um, if I was flirting with a 22 year old, um, someone might tell me I was chasing after a woman half my age, even though she's only 10 years younger than me. I really hope that's it and that this 30-year-old was not going after a 15-year-old because they have known one another for a bit. Um, no, 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 no. You guys are going to get some of me reading uh, his blonde hair. I love the line, before we get into them really talking about Denna, the past. Man, I love the line, and I use it. This is one of the ones I've remembered. Beer, beer dolls a memory, brand sets it burning. But wine is the best for a sore heart's yearning. I used to say that more often. I can't drink wine because three years ago um, when I was studying, have I told this story before on the podcast? When I was studying abroad in Germany, I was like in, in our first week, I was so lonely. I was so sad. I couldn't sleep. And um, I did... A very impulsive thing, which was I walked down the corner store at like midnight and I got a, a bottle of wine and I drank the whole thing like so fast and thought I was good and then got so sick and had to go to my first day of like German classes the next morning. I swear I've told you guys this story, that story. I'm so sorry that you had to hear it, but I, I literally really, I have not been able to drink wine for three years because of that, um, regurgitation of wine all over my friend's apartment. That I was, uh, renting from her my first day before Deutsch lessons. That was very, how do you say gross? I'm sorry, Germans, uh, for the accent just done for you. And for everybody. All right. Back to Dioc. They're drinking rosé, which is hilarious. I love that. That's fear in a rosy light. Drinking a pale red wine. Kvothe says, So you've known Denna for a while. Dioc slouches. Off and on. More off, honestly. 
what was she like back then? Diak's got to think about it. And then he's like, the same. I suppose she was younger, but I can't say she seems any older now. She always struck me as being older than her years. And then he gets, and then they start comparing. They start a, a, a time of, of speaking very poetically and, and comparing Denna to um, inanimate objects. You start with Dia with Diok, the, the great oak tree. You don't appreciate it because it's older than the other trees or because it's taller. Just has something that other younger trees don't. <laughs> um, and then she was just as restless then and wild, just as pretty, prone to startle the eye and stutter the heart. Um, and then we get into um, women hate Denna. You don't really know anything about women, do you? Because Quoth is like, why? Um, men crowd around her like stags and rut. Um, oh my God. And then like a page later, uh, there's this line There's a, that Quoth says, there's a sort of camaraderie that rarely exists except between men who have fought the same enemies and known the same women. That's so fucking dramatic. Then they get to talking about uh, Denna's nature for wandering and and Diok really kind of not not being too stern, but really having to tell Quoth that Denna doesn't have a lot of options and that Quoth as a man does have more options than she does, even though he is is poor and is is bloodless as he is. Right. There, you know, the Diox fell in the glasses with the rosé. I think it's early in the day. They're a little, they're a little, a little tipsy several pages into this. Quoth says he's, his, Quoth's lips and the tips of his fingers are a little numb. Um, as Diox really has a great, uh, a great couple paragraphs where he really, he, he talks quite a bit. He provides a lot of examples, but but what he comes down to is, is man, I don't envy her, her life, or I, and I don't judge her. Um, and for everything, I would help her if she'd let me. But she won't because she doesn't want to be beholden to anyone. Not a, a, a whit. Not a, he says, not a hair's breadth. Um, and then, yeah, he, and then the, they're basically through the bottle. Um, after a, a decent amount of conversation, and Kavos says, "You shown me, you shown her to me in a new light. I am ashamed I didn't see it for myself." Diak says, "I've had a head start on you. I've known her longer." Nevertheless, I thank you. I said, holding up my glass. He held up his own. I like this part. To Diane, he said, "Most lovely." I'm getting in the French accent because. Um, it helps me keep track of who's saying what. <clears throat> anyway, to Diane, most lovely. To Denna, full of delight, young and unbending, bright and fair, ever sought, ever alone. So wise and so foolish, I said, so merry and so sad. Gods of my fathers, Diak said reverently, keep her always so unchanging past my understanding and safe from harm. 
I love that. And I, and, and I was just thinking now that if there is any magic and yill and if they're, you know, if they're fae at all, um, I really hope that this was Dioc like truly saying a prayer of protection for Denna. It's just nice to know that Denna has someone other than Quoth looking out for her and, and, you know, wishing that he could give her a little something to help her from time to time. And just great to have someone who, who really doesn't judge her and doesn't come from a place of judgment in her life. I think that is very rare. So yay, Dioc, pop off King. I think that about wraps it up for D and S the old DNS. See, the thing is I recorded the meat of this podcast before, as I said, before I did the intro and outro. So I didn't include the jokes about Dom and submissive, uh, throughout. And that's a shame, but, uh, I'm, uh, bringing it back at the end. And, uh, yeah. So to all my tops, all my bottoms, all my switches, all my verses out there, and all those who are not burdened with the knowledge of knowing what any of this means, thank you for being with me. But I'm not ending just yet because I have a special uh, thank you to say to my good friend, Mano Pano, a.k.a. Amanda. Amanda from Twitter, Mano Pano from Twitter, um, for a kind donation to my Ko-Fi, which I'm gonna, I don't know. I might say coffee sometimes, but I'm going to say Ko-Fi, which you can find at ko, ko-fi slash E-T-R-S-O-P, which stands for entirely the right sort of podcast. Just the thing you have been listening to this morning, afternoon, evening, um, whenever it's been. So thank you so much, Mano Pano, for your kind donation. I will um, put some links in the uh, chat to that Reddit post, that interesting Reddit post I mentioned earlier about Ilian and Yelishnots. And um, I'll drop some other links uh, in there too. Thank you all for being with me, being patient with me, and, um, you know, I love ya. Until next time, I don't know what I'm going to do next time. It'll be a surprise for all of us. Until next time, may all your stories be glad ones and your roads be smooth and short. Bye.